Welcome to the Tech Savvy Professor podcast. Two faculty who love tech and love to make it a part of their work. Uh, I'd like to introduce myself, uh, Dr. Eric Perry. I'm a full-time faculty member for SNHU at Southern New Hampshire University. And, and my co-host is Dr. Marty Jensius. And I'm at Kent State University. And we're in the middle, I think you're in the middle of finals week too, as we record this show. Yeah, I'm, I'm simultaneously thinking about grading and, and tech. I, I, I have to be able to do both for us to get through. Well, you know, the last show I spoke about, we had on notes and notes apps. And I said that I was using a notes app or, or OneNote by Microsoft mm-hmm. in order to organize promotion and tenure files because I'm on a promotion and tenure file review committee. And I had to find some way to organize the letter from the chair, the narrative from the person who's in the going up for promotion and tenure, then their CV, then my notes, and then what I want to write for a ballot. So I was organizing that around uh, using OneNote last week and, and have run into all sorts of problems syncing it across devices. It just can't seem to work well. So uh, I'm headed into another week of not only finals, but also we have the last batch of promotion and tenure files to look at before we head into a break. And so this morning, I knew we were going to do this show on Evernote. And I thought, well, let me try and organize it around Evernote. Um, So I created some folders in my Evernote account and started to work with it. And that kind of got me up to speed on what Evernote is is all about. It reminds me because I kind of I'm one of those users who who comes in and uses it a lot for a while and then pulls out. Mm -hmm. So so we're going to talk about Evernote today. You want to give a little uh, background of just for listeners what Evernote is? So Evernote really is uh, it's a note taking app, right, Is, is kind of how it classifies itself, right? Um, but it really does a whole lot more than that. Uh, so Evernote, uh, and you you mentioned uh, Microsoft's kind of version of that, which is OneNote. Uh, Evernote really is a multifaceted platform. So it, it's meant as an organizational tool for notes, for uh, web clipping, which we'll talk about a little bit, which is a really big deal. Um, having this kind of searchable database across devices. And I, I think one of the biggest parts of the program is that it it has uh, add-ons, regardless of the browser that you use, to be able to pull files, pull things from the internet, and syncs across both Android and Mac devices. So it, it, it is really bigger than just the note-taking part. Uh, something else about Evernote that's, that's a little bit different than the Notes apps we talked about last week is that the collaboration's a big part of this. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that really brings in uh, a whole nother kind of facet of this. It's not just, you know, your own individual workload and notes that you take into consideration, but there's this huge collaborative element to it. You know, I don't know how I first found this app. I think it was, I was working and using an app called Yojimbo, which is still out there. Huh. It's a Mac app and it is, it meant to be a web clipper and also a a source, a place for all your stuff. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't used it in years. And I think it was because when I switched to a new version of Mac, it wasn't compatible for a while. And 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 I discovered Evernote. Um, but I went back and looked at Yojimbo. It's still out there and it's it's still active. 
and its syncing process is a little different. It doesn't use cloud syncing. It used to use cloud syncing. I think that was what took me out of it too. But it was an interesting app. It did a lot, it did a lot of the things that Evernote began to do. Mm-hmm. And you, you describe it as a, as a note-taking app. I think I first used it. And I, I looked at some of the earliest files that I had. Uh, the first time I used it, I think, was 2011. There are some files that are in there before then, but I think they were just dated at those times or they got dated by Evernote reading it. But the actual web clipping I did started showing up in 2011. Okay. Well, and maybe we should explain what web clipping is. That was what I used this for. I was I was writing a lot of tech material at that time uh, for our field and publishing a column in a national journal that we have. And because of that, I was always on the lookout for good articles about tech, but I, I had no way of organizing them. Web clippers have little icons at the top of the website or the web page that you're using. So the browser. So if you're using Chrome or you're using Safari or you're using Firefox, all of those things, you can embed little icons at the top up in the menu bar. And when you're at a website that you like or you, you want the information for, you just press on that little web clipper and it will capture the page for you and store it wherever you want it stored. Uh, but in this case, it's part of Evernote. So that was my first attraction uh, to, to the software was really as a web clipper and not as a, as a note-taking software. Mm-hmm. When did you first hear about it or start using it? Do you remember? Actually, I, I started using it, I want to say... 2015, 2016 or so. And I actually, I, I came in with it for a totally different reason. You know, I, I like the web clipping aspect of it, but uh, it actually has some really neat features uh, in terms of being able to search and scan text. So, it, you know, you think about text in a document and in a PDF, for example, um, having all that searchable is, is, is really helpful. And then all of your notes are searchable. But aside from that, if you pull a graphic or something from the Internet, it recognizes the text in that graphic, right? So it, it doesn't matter what format that text is in. If you pull it in, uh, you can search it in Evernote. We'll do handwriting. Yeah. Um, I haven't tested it much on handwriting, but it, they, it will do handwriting. It will do photographs and uh, text in photographs and graphics. It's really that, that shift from just being a web clipper to being a note-taking device to being something that is a searchable index, I think, is, is uh, what really shifted me. It's what's kept me with Evernote over the years, really. Well, and I was taking handwritten notes in my graduate coursework and then taking pictures of those notes as opposed to typing them and then being able to search through my own notes. And, and Evernote, uh, uh, there's a lot of technologies out there like this. Uh, but Evernote does a really, really good job. And I notice more, you know, I tend to write, uh, you know, not in, not in cursive. Uh, and that seems to help a little bit. Um, but it does a fairly good job searching through, you know, regular print handwriting. Um, so I could put my notes up here and, and load them in without typing them and be able to search through those just as easily as I could my typed notes. Because I had a few faculty, actually, who didn't want laptops as a part of the classroom. Like, they didn't want us taking notes that way. It was distracting. So 
having those handwritten notes and being able to search through those before a final or before a midterm was really, really helpful. Does it do OCR? Do you know? I, I, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. I, I've never used it for that. Um, to be able to, to, to output that text is what you mean, right? Right. Yeah. You know, to, to take it into a revisable text form. Yeah. And, and I haven't, uh, I know I could search through it, but I, I have never tried to pull it back out into text. Huh. Okay. Well, I, that's maybe something for us to check on Yeah. talk about the next time. I, I um, I really started using it as a way to organize uh, searches and would start to particularly web-based searches. You know, and I think we have this we have this continuum that we started talking about um, in the first week where we, we talked about just lists. And then in the second show, we talked about um, notes. Now we're talking about notes that have these extra capabilities and that, that actually become databases for you or information, storage information programs for you. And then I think there's that other level that is more of the biblio- bibliographic types of programs like EndNote and Mendeley and other programs like that. We'll talk about that on another show, but there's this whole spectrum of how you manage your information going from lists to notes to information managers to actual reference manager systems, which wouldn't be able to do some of the things that Evernote does. But uh, Evernote is not a reference manager, I guess we should say clearly. Right. I I mean, you're definitely able to keep that type of information here, but in in terms of some of the other features that things like like Mendeley would have, you're not going to find it here in terms of support for APA and and kind of being able to store your information in a way that's, that's um, you know, easily referenced for that particular purpose. Uh, I did uh, take a look and, and I had a few windows open here and was looking at the different tiers right. that uh, Evernote offers. And actually something that was a recent add to the premium tier is OCR. Oh, okay. Um, so you are able to use it. And that kind of explains why I haven't used it, but I don't have a <laughs> premium tier. <laughs> I think you and I are looking at the same website uh, web page about um, Evernote that has the different tiers. They have a basic tier, which is great uh, for students, uh, people who want, or anybody who wants to just dip into the program and see how it looks. It's free and it only has a desktop capabilities, but you can use it on your laptop, desktop, and you can do it uh, with sync across up to two devices. So you could do it on your home computer and your work computer, and you would have a syncable database of of information if you wanted to do that. Um, It's kind of nice because if you get into the basic, that might be all you need or all you want. As we've spoken about in previous shows, I like to kind of pay for the services that I get. And I think what switched me from a basic to a premium account uh, when I first uh, started using Evernote was uh, there was a limit on how much you could upload, and the limit was extremely low, and I would not like to think about limits. So it was like, just pay the, at that time, I think it was $39 or $29 a year. And now the fee is, well, I know they have a monthly, but I think they also have an annual um, uh, fee for for premium, uh, which allows you to do a lot of other things. But I'd say start off on the basic, if you haven't, the free one. And uh, give it a shot and see if it's a, a way 
particularly start with the web clipping just so you have one place where you can throw and organize all of those websites that you run across that you say, ooh, that would be good for this class or that would be good for me to read later. Start with the web clipping as an option for you and it will quickly get you hooked on Evernote. So I, I have an admission that that I, I pulled uh, Evernote onto my uh, my S7, my Android device, in part because I wanted to see what, how well Evernote worked with the Google Assistant, right? Uh, because it will, Evernote will work with Siri and the Google Assistant. So you're able to add notes by telling Google or telling Siri to add a note. And it works really, really well. Uh, and I'm not sure how it works on, on uh, the Apple side, on the Mac side. Uh, but here, as long as you have your Google Sync set up and, and your voice recognition set up, uh, it works really, really well, and it's a really, really neat feature. So you mean by that you can actually just speak into the device and say, save this note to Evernote or something like that? How do you, how do you explain that? Yeah, I, I actually just said, hey, Google, put this in Evernote, and then spoke, and it put everything after that in, into an Evernote. And it does, it does only allow you to add a new file. Right? Uh-huh. So it's not like you can add anything existing. It's not really super useful that way. But if you're in the moment and really just want to get something out and noted and, and create a new file, it, it, it does just fine. I'll put some links up for listeners to go to our site and look at the same sort of charts that we're talking about in terms of the other things that it can do uh, from a basic to a premium, including searching in PDFs, office documents and other attachments. We've mentioned that you can annotate uh, PDFs within it. Um, You can scan and digitize business cards in the premium version. Um, You can also switch between multiple accounts, chat with live support, create spaces, decentralized teamwork. That's when you get into the business. There's a a whole business platform that they're trying to integrate it with, which is generally out of most most people's leagues in terms of collaboration and and work that you can do with that. The standard uh, price free for the basic Evernote Premium is uh, $7.99 a month. And I was trying to find what the annual cost was. I I know there is a educational option. So if you use an educational login, uh, you can get up to 40 or 50% off, I saw when I was searching. Did you find anything on that, Eric? Yeah, I think it's $4.99 a month for the student plan. And it's it's essentially the the premium plan. And what you need for that is a, a university email address. Okay. So it's not bad pricing, but it's still the monthly pricing because I have a, so I went into my account to see what they were charging me and it was like $45 a year on an annual system. So I, and, and I don't think that was using the educational discount because the address that I use for my Evernote is not a, not an educational address, but um, so explore just the face value that you see on the cost might be different with the educational discounts and if you pay from a annual option, I guess. So as of April 2018, according to Evernote, they are no longer doing the annual contract. So if you're an existing customer, you can continue your contract. But as of now, they're they're not doing that 
uh, annual plan anymore, from what I can tell. Yeah, I knew they were ending the plus plan as of April uh, 2018, but my annual plan doesn't come up until December 28th. So, <laughs> so that's probably why all I've seen is a is an annual charge and not the monthly charges. Yeah, and I think part of what they did, and and I was reading a little bit about it earlier, and actually wasn't even looking for it, but there were quite a few articles on how Evernote has tried to keep the price reasonable. You know, so part of that was condensing their plans and, and you know killing some of the complexity that went along with it. And, and you know, in most of the reviews that you'll find, and, and you can check out reviews for Evernote on, on PC Mag or CNET if you really want to get into deciding whether or not it's a good spend for you. Uh, and they really balance that against what you're going to get out of it and, and the types of use you're going to get out of it. And many of them are kind of lauding uh, Evernote for being able to bring those plans to, you know, making them more reasonable. Even at $15 a month for business with the types of features that you get, you know, it's, it's in league with other like, like programs. You know, that's why I stay with it, because they keep adding features over the years and and it's and it's an added value and they stay competitive. And I think they do a good job. And, you know, it's a, it's it, it was a small uh, developers group that started it and it's turned into just a really kind of nice business and, and association in terms of uh, the work that they do. So what's your favorite function? Uh, I think overall, it's it's now it's the web clipping. It used to be the notes. And, and I mean, it's just kind of evolved over time in, in what I use it for the most. You know, I, I thought the Google thing was neat. The Siri thing was neat. It's kind of a cool feature for, you know, but it, honestly, I don't know if it's something I'd use a whole lot. I don't tend to use the Google Assistant much. So I, I, it's pretty neat. But I, I think the web clipping really overall, um, just to be able to pull things in and, and organize in a really meaningful way. Um, and, and track that and be able to search that in a way that, you know, because oftentimes I will grab things and I don't know what I have. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll have so much in there that I can't remember what I've grabbed and what I haven't. So I can go in and, and search and, and take a look at everything I have there. And it's not just limited to the text and characters I'm pulling out. Um, you know, it will pull uh, graphic, you know, letters out of graphics and banners and headlines. Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised what you what you miss when you don't have that feature. Yeah, I think for me, my favorite feature is, um, well, the web clipping. I, I still use that when it, when it, when I am like, I really need to remember this website and I need to get, return to it at some point. I hit the little elephant, which is their icon at the top and you get a drop down window and the drop down window gives you options of what you want. Do you want the complete page with all the ads and all the graphics? Or do you just want the text from the page? The link is still there. Or do you just want the link? The link is still there. You can always go back and get the rest of the graphics if you want. So it's kind of up to you to make choices in terms of what you want. And then the second option on that little window is where do you want to put it? What notebook do you want to store it in? So if I'm doing a search on teaching and uh, I want to go into uh, evaluation methods of teaching and I start going through the internet, start going, and maybe I find some actual PDFs and some articles. All of those things I can store by just a couple of clicks to pull it into the notebook called uh, evaluation, teaching evaluation, or something like that. So you can create these folders that are meaningful. Then when the day comes when you need to find that stuff, 
you can do the search that you you appreciate so much and you'll be surprised uh, what comes up in your search. So web clipping's uh, important to me. The other thing that I have started to use it for is to distribute information and share information. The sharing capabilities are just really wild in the sense of it's sort of like Google Drive, but um, what you're not only giving them is you're giving them that information, but you're also giving them uh, Evernote to, to organize it with if they want to. So say I create a whole folder on teaching evaluation and I go do a presentation on evaluating teaching. At the conference, what I can do is have people sign up and give me their email address, and I will invite them to that folder. And I can set the folder properties on it. In fact, I can set the folder properties on everybody in the folder to say, do I want to just let them view it? Do I want to let them, uh, or do I want to allow them to add to it or edit it, that folder and the materials that's in there? So if you're talking about a collaborative work group, then you can also do that same sort of thing through a shared folder? Or do I, I just, you know, do I, I want them to be able to invite other people to this group too, or to this folder too? So it's got some, it's got some fabulous way. I don't have to print out a list of URLs and give it to somebody. I can just link them to the folder in Evernote. And as I said, if there's an, if there is a PDF of a, journal article, you could throw it in that same folder and it's available to them for that sharing purpose. So I've started to use it in a way, introducing it as a tech device, as a tech app that people can use, but also as sort of the, uh, this is the package that all that stuff you usually get at, or you want to get from a conference comes wrapped in. So you, unfortunately, you have to, you have to unwrap it in this package to get it sort of my way of, of sharing that technology and making it really easy on me to, to share lots of information with groups of folks. And you mentioned just the lots of information part. And I think it's important to talk about the differences between this and Dropbox or something similar like cloud storage. Most cloud storage has a, a top end limit. Here's the amount that you can have in your account at any given time. Evernote does it differently. So they have a monthly amount that you can put in with the premium plan. It's, it's 10 gigs a month, but they don't cap you out anymore in terms of how much you can have there. So I may have a, a terabyte worth of information over the next year or two, you know, if I had the business plan or something like that, but they, they're not going to cap you out in the amount of information you keep there. It's about how much you actually pull in, which is a really distinct difference. Um, in that, you know, you're not going to get to a point where they're going to say, hey, you got to clean this up because you've hit your max. Whatever you have stored there for that month, as long as it's under that, that you know, 10 gig limit, for example, in premium, uh, is what you get to keep, which is really, really important. I also use it in classes because I teach a class on college teaching. At one time, I was teaching a doctoral internship class. And, you know, with doctoral internships classes, you have you have lots of different discussions that come in about teaching, about pres about professional presentations, about the you know the profession, and I was using it as a large shared folder for the class to be able to have access to. And these are doctoral students, so I, I figured they weren't going to do anything stupid with it and and delete everything or 
or such. It's always good to keep a backup. I, I, I admit to that. I made that folder available to each new class. And so every year the folder got bigger and bigger and had more resources. And students who would be doing uh, presentations in the seminar would add their material into it. So it became a sort of a large collaborative resource for that. So you can use it not just for professional presentations, but you can also use it incorporated into part of your teaching. Well, I, I know we're getting close to our time here, Marty. Any final thoughts you have for us? No, I just, I would encourage uh, folks to, if they've never heard of it, um, or even if they've heard of it and never used it, to go ahead and take a look at uh, the Evernote site. And we'll have that it's just evernote.com. And uh, there are, I think, instructional videos on there and simple videos to kind of explain how things work. It, they won't be time consuming and it's it's a very pretty intuitive program to be able to use and so uh, if you haven't attempted to use it or haven't used it in the past or are just hearing about it now go ahead and check it out um, and of course if you have some ideas about it or things that you you have about how you want to use it you can always contact us and uh, we'll get back to you either live on the show or uh, through other means. I think that takes care of Evernote. But I want to say that we're going on a three-week break uh, for the holidays here. We're going to take a three-week break off, so uh, you won't see anything from us for a few weeks here. You might be asking how you can get involved or thinking about how you might get involved. Uh, if you have a tech question, you're trying to figure something out, um, how to do something with technology, or just have an idea to share, you can email us at thepodtalknetwork at gmail.com, or you can actually call and leave us a message at 937 937- 756-5140. And we'll play your question in the podcast and try and get an answer for you. We are part of the Pod Talk Network, and you can find all the show links and information at the podtalk.net website, along with links to other great shows in the network, including Grad School Deconstructed and the Faculty Meeting. Something we want to mention too is that we don't get paid for this in any other way than through your compliments. And you can make those on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and other places. Keep the positive reviews coming. Uh, we love them, and, and it's really the best paycheck we can get. Uh, be sure to recommend us and our show. And I think that's about it for today's show. Again, thank you for listening. You're getting savvier by the minute. We'll see you in three weeks. Three weeks.